Give us, come on, let's show him some love as he comes and gets ready to bring the word. Check, check. I, I just wanted to see if you'd keep clapping. Can you, can you, okay, that's what it, no, what's up, Pastor Scott? Thanks so much, Summit Park Church, and sorry, that was told to me. I was not trying to milk the applause, I promise. I was trying to figure out which microphone I was supposed to grab, but it is so good to be back here at Summit Park Church. Well, I love coming. Do you love your church? I love Summit Park Church as well, and um, you know, there are a lot of great churches, and there's no such thing as a perfect church. But in my opinion, you are a part of just one of the absolute best. I mean, what is happening here at Summit Park Church is so special. It's so cool. And I do believe in large part it's because of how God has raised up Pastor Scott and Jen. And not just that he had a plan to use them, but the way they're stewarding the call of God. Because like any assignment the Lord gives to any of us, we have the ability to handle it wisely in an honoring way to the Lord or to mishandle it. And I can just tell you from all of not just the indicators by way of growth and the excitement and, and building and all of this, but I'm talking about the behind the doors, uh, just private conversations. When I hear what comes out of the heart of your pastor and talking with Pastor Scott and Jen, and hearing them celebrate what God is doing, and yet there's such a desire to be in tune with what God has next, and the more that he has for Summit Park, they just love God, and they love you. So it would be appropriate for you to honor them. Come on, can you give a big cheer today for Pastor Scott and Jen Obrimsky? Oh, man, we had so much fun in the first service, but what they didn't know is that we really saved the best for this service, so I'm glad that you came today. Uh, for those of you that are, are guests here, first time you've come, bummer for you that you came on guest speaker day, so my apologies, but they do have a little something planned next weekend, so make sure you come back. Just a little event happening next weekend, so make sure you come back for that. And then uh, you, you do want to be here when Pastor Scott is preaching. He does a great job preaching the Word, doing a series right now in the book of Matthew. I've listened to some of it, and it's been really, really good. Well, if you turn to your friend on your left or right, just turn to one of them right now and say, I'm glad you came to church today. Go ahead and just tell them that. And now tell the person on the other side, say, you look like you need some church. Come on, you're just speaking the truth in love. You're just you're just caring caring enough to just call it like it is, right? Just you just like you need some church. Um, you know the the message that the Lord's placed on my heart for today. I, I'm I'm excited to share it. Um, I I really do say this not in like a pep rally kind of a way, um, but with just as much sincerity as I can communicate. I celebrate what the Lord has done. Thus far in Summit Park, Summit Park Church, I have been privileged to be a part of the journey watching and seeing it. And it's just, it's so amazing. Just by a show of hands, you'd say your life has been impacted in a significant way through this church. Come on, look around the room, would you? Would you just look around, what a testimony. And, and yet, when I think about all that the Lord has done, I really mean it when I say that I believe God has so much more. That there's more to come. And, 
he has done, he is doing, but what he's about to do is just so beyond what we could ask or even think. For those of you that are new, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're just checking it out or that, that you're looking to get involved, but I know that there are many of you that you've been here from the beginning or the last few years or so, and it's been your prayers, it's been uh, your serving you're giving of your time, giving of your talent, giving of your resources that have made this building possible, the, the ministry of this place possible. And I, I can just assure you, when we're all together in heaven, anybody looking forward to going to heaven? Come on, just wave at me, looking forward to it. I can't wait. Like, today would be a great day. I just <laughs> blow the trumpet, Jesus. Let's go home. Let's just, it would be awesome. Uh, when we're all together in heaven, you will not regret, regret one single second where you served God's house, one single penny that you invested in the work of the Lord. You are going to be so thrilled that God allowed you to be a part of this place. One more time, can you thank God for Summit Park Church? Go ahead. Uh, today, I, I do want to talk to you about how God does have more for you, but between where we are and what God has, there are just some simple steps. It's not as complicated, I think, sometimes as we make it, but God wants us to win. He wants Summit Park Church to win. And whenever I look at Scripture and I see how God worked in so many miraculous ways from Genesis to Revelation, here's a pattern that I seem to notice frequently in, in Scripture. Is before God does something supernatural, he tends to ask his people to do something super practical. I don't know exactly why God chooses to work this way, but it's almost like he's inviting us into the process. And, and as you connect the dots, there is just this connection between our physical obedience and God's spiritual blessing. I can tell some of you are looking at me like you think I'm just making this up. I'm going to tell you it's in the Bible. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. But Joshua fought the battle of what? See, Sunday school worked. Some of y'all remember that from back in the day. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I'm so proud of you. That is just beautiful. Well, when you think about that, we know that Joshua, the leader of God's people, the Israelites, were going in, and they were going to be taking over Jericho, but there's the big wall that was keeping them from their victory. And what did God say to do? He told them, I want you to march around the walls. And then on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And then I want you to, do you remember? It says, I want you to shout. And see, um, some of y'all are over-churched. You know what I mean by that? You've heard this so much, something. When I just say, they're supposed to march around the walls and shout, and the walls were going to come tumbling down. You're like, mm-hmm, that's what the song says. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you don't even, like, you, you've heard that story so many times, you think that's normal. But if you're newer to this, you haven't read a whole lot in the Bible, and you just heard me say that God said march around the walls and then shout, and the walls are coming down. You're like, can you say that one more time and just slow down just a little bit? Because it doesn't make sense. But God called them to do something super practical, and he did something supernatural. Another one of the stories in the Scripture that I really love in Matthew is when Jesus and Peter were talking about paying taxes. So, you know, Peter's like, well, what do you think? Lord, should we pay taxes? You know, Jesus could have, well, you know, being God and everything, you kind of exempt. You don't have to pay taxes. But uh, so that people aren't offended, let's go ahead and do it. And it doesn't say this in Scripture, but I think, I don't know, maybe there's just kind of this awkward pause. 
Like right there whenever Peter's like, you think we ought to pay taxes? And Jesus is like, yep. Because I wonder if Peter was like, cool, well, uh, you going to hook us up? You know, like I, I wonder, you know that moment where you've been out to eat with somebody? You know what I'm talking about. You're out to eat and the waiter or the waitress comes and says, one check or two? And if whoever's with you kind of does one of these numbers and kind of looking away, that means they want you to pay for it. That's what they're communicating. And so I wonder if that's what Jesus was doing with Peter because Jesus could have done anything. Jesus could have said, well, Peter, yes, I want you to go and pay taxes. As a matter of fact, reach into the pocket of your robe, the right pocket. And Jesus could be like, gotcha. I mean, he could have done a magic trick. He could have pulled it from behind his ear. You know, he could have said, go, the taxes are already paid. And Peter just shows up like, I'm here to confirm that our taxes are paid. They're like, yeah, we got you and Jesus. Oh, well, that's weird. Just updated our system. Yeah, he got, Jesus could have messed with him. But he didn't do that. It's really interesting because Jesus told him, go fishing. So Peter goes fishing, and uh, Jesus says, the first fish that you catch, take the fish, reach into the fish's mouth. Is this getting weird to anyone else yet, or am I the only one going, is Jesus messing with him? Go fishing, catch a fish, the first fish that you catch, reach into the fish's mouth, and pull out a coin, and use that to go and pay the taxes. Some of y'all just way too familiar with your Bible. You're like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. But can we all just acknowledge for a minute, that's weird? Come on, am I the only one that thinks that's just strange? But God seems to just be saying, I will do things that are supernatural, but I'm calling you to do something that's super practical. And whatever it is I'm calling you to do, it will not always make sense. Trust me. The story we're going to look at today is a story like that. It's in Exodus chapter 17. I love this story. It's going to be our primary scripture that we pull some of our thoughts from today. But I want you just to notice as we go through this that on the other side of your obedience is God's blessing. And God wants you to win. Tell your neighbor right now, he wants you to win. He wants you to win. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. If you're ready for this, say, "Uh uh-huh. And if you mean it, say, oh, yeah. So we're talking about the Israelites in a fight with the Amalekites. Israelites, people of God, Amalekites, it says in verse 8, came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Now look at verse 11. Please engage your brain in this. Like, I just want you to think about this as we're reading it. Don't let it just go over your head. Think about this. Verse 11. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands... The Amalekites were winning. Pause for just a moment. Can we please keep it real? Because some of you have read that and you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
put his hands down, they were losing. You're like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like it makes sense. But you're so spiritual, you're just like, "Mm mm-hmm, winning, losing. And I'm just wondering, hmm, what in the world did that have to do with anything? Number one. And number two, how did they figure it out that when his hands were up, they were, they would be able to win? Did Moses get out there like, all right, guys, ready? Let's go. Come on. Oh, woohoo! Yeah, that's what's up. We are dominating. This is it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, what's happening? Oh, we're getting destroyed. This is crazy, guys. Please, you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was like. How did they figure it out? And when he did, did he mess with them? <laughs> like, how did they know? Anytime you see a picture in Scripture, you can know that that picture has a purpose, and God is showing us something. And my takeaway would be that God sure seems to call us to do something very practical before he does something supernatural. And so today's, I want to give you some simple steps to seeing God do major miracles in your life. Some practical things that will lead to supernatural breakthroughs. Anybody okay today if you just started seeing more miracles of God in your life? Anybody? Anybody want to see some miracles in your finances? Come on. I was about to say anybody need a miracle in your marriage, but I was scared you might say amen really loud, and it'd get awkward in here. But God can do miracles in your body. He can do miracles in the heart of your son or your daughter who's not serving God. He can move supernaturally at your work, your job. He wants to. He's the God of miracles. And yet he calls us to take some simple steps. So if you don't want to know what they are, we're going to look at them together today. And we're going to walk through them quickly. And number one would be this. He wants us to do God's word. Number one, do God's word. Somebody say, just do it. Throughout Exodus, God tells Moses to do something. Over and over, you'll see these different places in Exodus. God says to do it, and Moses would obey it, and God would break out with some miracle or something supernatural. Exodus chapter 14, he told Moses to stretch out his hands and his staff over the Red Sea. The Egyptians were pursuing them, right? The Israelites were, were exiting. They were leading, and, and uh, Pharaoh and the army were coming behind them. Now they're pinned between the army and the, and the Red Sea. And God tells Moses, stretch out your hands and your staff over the sea. So Moses did what God told him to do. And when he did, the sea parted, right? And so they walked across on dry ground. And then God speaks to him again and says, now stretch out your hand again. And as the Israelites were, or the the Egyptians were pursuing them, Moses stretches out his hand and the waters came back and it washes all of the Egyptians away. God spoke it, commanded it. Moses obeyed it. He did it. And God did a miracle. Unfortunately, for a lot of us, we're missing out on so many of the blessings of God not because of a lack of knowledge, but because of a lack of obedience. And I don't say this today trying to 
beat you up or make you feel bad or guilty. I'm trying to help you to connect the dots of your role with God's miracle and how we can get there. And one of the biggest barriers to us seeing the blessing of God would be simple steps of obedience. James chapter 1 and verse 22 teaches us that there could be church-going folk, people who are sitting in churches right now during this hour all across America, even in this room today, who would be listening to the word, who may even say amen to it, but we're, we're deceived. You say, what do you mean? Well, look at it in verse 22 of chapter 1 of James. Do not merely listen to the word, and look what it says, and so deceive yourselves like don't just hear it and now be deceived what's the next part say do what it says we can hear it we can read it we can listen to it but the blessing is not in the knowing the blessing is in the doing. Am I the only one who knows a lot more of the Bible than I live? That's where you say no or raise your hand or something. Don't leave me by myself. Like it's like we all can relate, but between us and the blessing that God has for us is a practical step of obedience. Anyone, verse 23 says, who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, look at what it says, they will be blessed in what they do. When you pause and just think about your life and your knowledge of God's word, do you see any type of breakdown or barrier between what you know and what you do? For most of us, the answer would be yes, because we can justify and explain away a lack of obedience like nobody's business. I mean, we're like Olympic gold medalist level justifiers. Like we know it says that we're supposed to love our enemies. And then when that enemy has a name and a face, we look at that situation and go, this is different. Jesus don't even like her. <laughs> you know, like we can just get, we can get, really just like we can explain why this is an exception. I mean, I know that God is, he has gifted me and equipped me with talents and abilities and skills and he wants me to, to give of my time and give of my talent and my treasure to the work of the Lord. I know he wants me to serve his house and I would, so for, he understands that my schedule and he understands that what I'm trying to do is really trying to build my business right now. He understands we just have so many activities. I know, I've heard I understand it's just this is different and here's why. Like, I, I know that I'm supposed to give my first 10% to the Lord as, as a, a investment in kingdom work. I know I'm supposed to tithe. I, I do know that. And that's a great thought. Like, I love the thought of that. Now, God understands in my situation why it's a little bit different because he gets it that things are tight. And as soon as I win the lottery, first thing I'm doing is tithing, baby. It's the first thing that I'm going to do. God understands that. We just look at it and go, is it possible that I'm deceived? And that I've lulled myself into a place of just this uh, missing out on what God wants to do, could do, and would do if I would simply do his word. 
So I'll just wrap this point up just by landing it in your heart. Don't be deceived. The blessing is in the doing. For some of our miracles, we're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. Here's the second thing, simple step to seeing spiritual breakthroughs and God do miracles in our life. Number two would be trust God's ways. Spiritual victories come, breakthroughs come, miracles happen when we trust God even when we don't understand him. Can't we all just acknowledge that whenever God spoke to Moses about parting the Red Sea, or as he's facing the Israelites now, can we all just acknowledge that Moses probably never heard anything from the Lord along these lines to where God would say, lift your hands. And Moses probably did not immediately say, yet, totally was going there. That's what I was about. I thought that. I knew that that's what these dudes needed. I was about to lift my hands up, you know, because how many of you know that he did it because God said it, even though it didn't make sense to him? There was nothing magical about the hands. If so, you know Moses would have been abusing it all the time. You know, because you would too. You know, I, I would too. You had a Chiefs game. We're losing. Mahomes turns his ankle or something. We're like, I'll just take care of that right quick. Let's just go ahead and fix that. I'd use it at home. My kid's acting crazy. Hey, don't you make me lift my hands. Don't you make me do it. My wife, Casey, getting on my nerves. I just throw them up. Hey, we good? I'll do it again. We good? Like, I would use it. I would use it. But that's not his mindset because the magic wasn't in the hands. is in his trusting God's ways, even when he didn't understand it. And you probably don't need me to tell you, but there are a lot of times we go through stuff in life that we don't understand. And we're doing our best to obey God's word. And yet it seems like the finances are going worse or more difficult or the marriage is more challenging or there's more fighting in the home or the health is seem to be is getting worse. And we're looking at that like, God, I don't understand. And we can even wonder if God hears and part of what I want your takeaway from this point just to be is to understand that God works in ways that are beyond our understanding and we have to trust him even when we don't understand him. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's just a reminder from Scripture that God is operating at a level beyond our ability to comprehend. So when we're in the middle of a storm and it's difficult, when somebody has hurt you, not only hurt you but currently hurting you, and God is saying to forgive and we're going, that does not make sense. We have to remember that God is outside of the situation. He is beyond the situation. He's the beginning and the end. So he can see where bitterness and unforgiveness will take us 
or where forgiveness and letting go of that will lead us. And he's saying, I've got a blessing. I've got healing. I've got a miracle for you. But here's what I'm asking you to do. Trust me. It's really hard to forgive somebody who's still lying to me. Who's still gossiping about you. Who's still inflicting pain. But it's what God tells us to do even when it doesn't make sense. And there may be some of you today that you're going through something that you're just questioning. God, what in the world? Why? I don't get it. And I don't understand. Listen, you don't have to pretend that you're all perfect and that everything's just great and you're just faking it. You don't have to do that. But nor do you have to think just because the answer has not come when or how you thought that God must not care or even hear. It's not true. God often is at work in ways that we don't understand. Or he's even moving in ways different from what I was looking for and I have to trust it. Because you may be praying for a healing and God is at work. Sometimes he heals, sometimes he helps. So you may be praying for God to heal you of asthma. And God can heal you of asthma. Sometimes he will. Sometimes he may just send you an inhaler. And we look at that and go, wait a minute, I don't know if God gets credit for that. I had to go to Walgreens and I just went. I don't understand all the ways that he works. Some of you are praying for financial provision. You've heard some story about going and checking the mailbox and somebody got a check in their mail. And so, man, daily, you're just going, in Jesus' name, Jehovah Jireh, and you're checking the mail and Nothing. And then you check it an hour later, even though it, you know, it's already come for the day. You check it again because you just, you're just believing. You're just believing. Listen, sometimes he'll send a check in the mail. Sometimes he'll send you a Dave Ramsey podcast. <laughs> and God will say, I'm about to provide. Quit spending so much on Netflix. Like he'll, sometimes he'll just answer in ways like, oh, Lord, I need a miracle. Oh, Lord, I need a miracle. And he said, you need a budget. That's what you need. And yet how all of that works together is we leave the miracle in his hands. And we say, God, what's my role with this? And I just want you to know, just because you have not seen your miracle, your breakthrough yet on what God can do and will do, it's not for you to walk away and go, because it's confusing, I no longer believe it. I'm going to stop trusting God. That's what the enemy wants you to do. But don't do that because you must hold on to your faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, without faith it is, what does it say? impossible to please God. Notice it doesn't say without faith, it is difficult to please God. Without faith, it's more challenging to please God. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. God may speak to your heart about something that he's wanting you to do and if you're not careful, we could discard that. We could uh, fail to carry that out because it seems so simple. It seems 
so like small, so insignificant to where you're like, well, that's not God. I'm needing a miracle. And God's just saying, I want you to show up at first Wednesday. And your thought immediately goes to, and Pastor Scott was sharing that just a few minutes ago, your mind immediately went to how your day's crazy, how you won't get off work till right the time service is starting, you'd have to be late anyway. It just went to logistical mode. Or your mind went to, well, I've prayed for healing before and I was not healed. Or maybe for some of you, we're just being honest, when Pastor Scott said he's believing for miracles and healings this Wednesday night, maybe some of you, you're just not used to that, you don't understand it, maybe it even just sounded unusual to you, and you're like, I don't even know if I believe in all of that, even though it's in the Bible, and you felt in your heart, and the, the, the pastor was sharing, get here Wednesday night, and you're like, ah, could it be you're just a simple step away? Something very practical, must be present to win. Just show up and see what God does. Without faith, here's what I know. It is impossible to please him. But what if I dared to believe that, God, I'm just going to do what you've told me to do and trust you even when I don't understand it. Now, I'm going to leave the miracle to you. And I know that some of you are hearing this about doing the word of the Lord and you're hearing this about trusting in God and you're thinking, man, all of that sounds great, Scotty, but man, I've tried those things. I've been doing those things and, and what you just shared so far, it hadn't helped me a lick. I mean, not even a little bit. And I want you to know that's okay because I thought about you. So I gave this message three points, all right? And here's yours right here. This one some of y'all are like, I've been waiting on it. This one's for you. What do you do when in all reality, you're just swinging for the fence? None of us would be perfect, but you're doing your best to do the word of God. And best you can, you're trying to walk by faith and trust him even when you don't understand it. But the reality is you're still living in something that's very challenging, very difficult. You can't get victory over the, the addiction you can't seem to break out of depression. And this stuff is real. You're living with a pain that's perhaps debilitating, maybe migraines or whatever, and you're like, I know he's a God of miracles. I just don't know why I can't get my breakthrough. What do you do when you're doing the best you can the word of God and you're trusting his ways and you haven't yet seen your miracle? Number three, refuse to quit. Just refuse to quit. Refuse to give up. I mean, when you think about Moses, you, you don't even have to just assume that he got tired. Scripture says that he did. Picking back up in verse 12, it says, when, 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 somebody say when. When Moses' hands grew tired, he gave up. The Israelites lost the battle. Doesn't say that, does it? But you know he got tired? It says he got tired. You would too out there. I mean, some of y'all, you didn't make it through three songs today because your hands got tired. First song, you were just, ah. Second song, oh. Third song, mm. Like it's all you had. You couldn't make it through three songs. And Moses is out there all day. But he didn't give up. He refused to quit because too much was at stake. We're too easily defeated, church. We're too easily discouraged.
We throw in the towel way too soon. They, they like, we can't give up, but we've got a reality here. We're tired, so what do we do? They got creative. They took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And what happened? Verse 13, so Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. They saw their miracle. They saw their victory because he refused to give up. And for some of us, our real key to our spiritual breakthrough is simply going to be physical perseverance. You just keep going. And I know for some of you, it's a real noteworthy celebration to acknowledge the fact that you're even here today in God's house because you're carrying stuff feeling stuff, overwhelmed by things, that it would have been really easy for you just to stay in bed today and not even get to the house of God. For some of you, for real, I know without a doubt, you made it in all of heaven, and I join in celebrating with you. You did not let the devil win. You got to God's house. Maybe you've been there in the past or on occasion. I know I have. I'm doing the best I can to do the word of God and I'm trying my best to trust his ways and I'm just tired or I'm discouraged and here's what I've learned to do in a situation like that. When I've been in bed and not even feeling the strength to get up just praying, Lord, you go ahead and come back but if you're looking for me, I'm going to be under the covers so just go ahead and come back but I'm going to be right here just waiting and knowing, no, that's not an option. Here's what I do. I'll take this foot and I'll put it out front like this. And once I feel like that's, that's solid and that's steady, I'll then, I'll take this one and I'll put it out here like this. And kind of gather myself, take a deep breath. And then I'll take this one <laughs> and I'll put one foot in front of the other. And I'll say, if God is for me, who can be against me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I thought you needed a miracle. I'm on my way to my miracle. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. And that's why I need, like sometimes God might give me a supernatural strength. Sometimes God may send me a small group. Hello. Hello. Wait for a miracle. You're not even in a small group. I need a Pastor Scott Obrimsky in my life. I need a Zach Green in my life who will come alongside when I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of lifting my arms. I'm tired of praying about this or praying about that and not seeing a victory. You need people in your life, in your small group, close enough to say, bro, we got you. Don't you give up on that marriage. We've got you. Don't you quit praying for your son. We're praying with you. You stand strong. You got this. We need people around us like that. And if you don't have that, get involved and go to the men's breakfast. Go to the strong. Get involved in the women's ministry stuff that's happening here. What God is doing at Summit Park, listen, church, it's amazing. What he's about to do is even more amazing. you got to take a step. Don't give up. Go in. Lean in. Well, I gave my life to Jesus. Have you been baptized yet? Well, no, but what's that all about? It's called obedience. Take a practical step. 
tell the world, I've decided to follow Jesus. You're like, then I'll get a miracle. You might, but you're at least a step closer. Just do it. Just do it. Some of you are like, man, I'm good. I don't need an Aaron and a her. I'm good. I got this. Then could it be that you are Aaron? You are her. And there's a Moses that needs you to lift their arm. So get in the small group to see if you can make a difference to help somebody. Lifting arms is not always easy. Ask Aaron and her. Because if they're like our modern day church folk, they'd be saying things like, why does Moses get to sit on a rock? <laughs> oh, y'all can only find one rock? You couldn't find three rocks? So we're supposed to stand while he sits on the rock. I see how it is. Lifting his arms. You've got to read scripture and pay attention to it. Y'all just read, lifted his arms. Listen, you know Moses hadn't had a bath in who knows how long. Sometimes being an arm lifter stinks. It's not comfortable. It's not convenient. But I just wonder who's still in the game today because you said don't give up. Somebody's still going to church. They got out of bed because you said, I'll see you, tom I see you tomorrow morning. Or you call and text, I'll see you this morning. Hey, I got a seat saved for you. I wonder who's going to be at Easter because you did something so simple. You're telling me if I pass out a card, somebody's going to heaven instead of hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost as crazy as telling you to go catch a fish and put your hand in the mouth and look for a coin. To say, take this and give it to somebody. Say, man, I'd love for you to come. It's going to be an awesome day. Come be my guest. Sit with me. And they hear the story of Jesus Christ. They say yes to it. Sins are forgiven. Lives totally and completely changed. And so you've been praying for somebody to be saved for a long time, but they haven't yet. What's your next step? Don't give up. Refuse to quit. So I'm going to pray over you today. And I hope that faith is rising in your heart. That even whatever God does beyond this week, just this week alone, Wednesday night, you got to get here and come hungry and ready. Come with faith. This is bold faith. This is, I believe God's going to move. God's going to work. Get here Wednesday. And then Sunday, don't just come. Don't just show up, but come and have somebody with you and watch how Easter goes to a whole other level. And then after that, who knows what God may do between now and the time Jesus comes. He knows. He's just calling us to take steps. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray over you today. Before I pray, I wonder how many of you just by a show of hands would say, Scotty, when it comes to doing the word of God, I'm seeing that there's a breakdown between what I know and what I'm doing. And today, God's just speaking in my heart about shoring that up. So maybe it's that you know you're supposed to guard your heart, but you haven't been guarding your heart. You know that you shouldn't be allowing impurity in, but you've been looking at stuff, listening to stuff, and reading stuff that's not honoring to God. So you know what? It's one thing to need a miracle and to pray for a miracle. It's another thing to expect God to do his part, but I'm not willing to do mine. Is God speaking to you about something that you should do different? Something you should start doing, something you should stop doing. The question is, will you do God's word? You know, you're working on taxes. You know, those numbers might be close, but not what they should be. But the government has so much. They already take so much. Or are you going to say, God, I want to honor you with character and integrity? God's speaking to you. 
about areas in your life that you know, you need, man, I need to forgive them. I need to pray for my enemies. Whatever it be, maybe something that he's been calling you to do, but you wouldn't step out and do it. You're just a little afraid. You're a little, I'm sure he's been speaking to your heart about going to core nights. He's been speaking to your heart about getting involved and serving on the dream team. Being like, I can't, I got busy. But God's speaking, saying, no, 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 no. This is what it's about. Making a kingdom impact. I just wonder by a show of hands, how many of you would say that today God's just knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying, I want you to follow me, trust me, do what I tell you to do and I'm going to bless you. Come on, lift your hand up all over if that's you. Yeah, so many hands. God's speaking to you. God's showing you that. I wonder how many of you would say when it comes to the area of trusting God, you just need God's help. Maybe you've gotten discouraged. Maybe it's been confusing. Maybe God hasn't answered how or when. But today you just say, you just say I need the Lord's help. I want to trust him. I want my faith to be strong. Even though I can't figure it all out, I just want to say today that I'm not giving up on God. My faith being intact, I'm going to trust his ways. If that's you, if that one resonated with you, just wave at me. Come on all over the room. Yeah, a lot of people having to trust God right now. How many of you, the Lord spoke to your heart and you've been emboldened? You just say, while I pursue my miracle, I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Would you just wave at me? Come on, all over the room. Okay, if you raise your hand for any of the one of the three of those things, just quickly stand to your feet. I just want to pray over you. Just stand to your feet real, real quick. As you just commit to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to do my part. Maybe it's for the first one, the second one, the third one, just not giving up. And right now, would you just pray, God, I surrender my everything to you. I will do it. I will trust you, and I refuse to quit. Now, thank you for helping me. Thank you you for intervening. Come on, just receive that. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for miracles to happen. I pray for breakthroughs to happen. Lord, I pray for specifically those who just thought that their marriage was so dead, that it was so irreparable. Lord, they've lost hope. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would do a miracle in their marriage, Lord, that you'd restore it and that as a couple they would honor you and serve you. For those who need a healing in their body, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for a healing to occur. Lord, I pray that cancer would be gone in the name of Jesus. I pray that migraines would be gone in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would do a work that only you could do. And, Lord, that this would be a testimony and a praise report to your faithfulness. Lord, would you move miraculously in the hearts and the lives of your people. We trust in you. Lord, would you give a spirit of, of uh, persistence and tenacity that we would keep on keeping on. We would not grow weary in well-doing. We will trust you in Jesus' name we pray in Jesus name we pray and everybody said amen amen praise the Lord you may be seated I want to pray for one more group before I go this would be for anybody in the room who would have to if you're just gut level honest you would have to acknowledge you'd, if you're being real you're not right with God I'm not saying that you don't believe in God Obviously, you came to church today, so a friend brought you. You came to check it out, so there may even be some association with religion. I'm talking about you know that you know that you've surrendered your life to Christ, and he's the king of your heart, and that after your life on this earth comes to an end, you're going to spend forever in heaven instead of hell. I'm talking about you've truly been born again. And so I'm going to pray today for everybody who would just say, I'm not right with God, but I want to be. 
You can walk out of these doors today knowing, man, I'm a new person. I've got a fresh start, a clean slate. So if you could bow your heads and close your eyes. If you say, Scotty, that's me. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. I want to go to heaven instead of hell. Listen, I don't care where you've been, what you've done. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how dirty you feel. I want you to know God loves you. Hear that. He loves you. He's not giving up on you. Don't you give up on him. He stands ready to forgive you and give you a fresh start today. You're one prayer away from having your life changed. I know it seems so simple, it's hard to believe, but it's true. When you mean it with your heart, when you ask him to come in, he will come in and take over, and he's ready to do that in your life. So by a show of hands, you say, Scotty, that's me. Include me in that final prayer. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to go to heaven instead of hell. Pray for me. Come on, that's you. Raise it up all over the room. Come on, long enough for me to sit. You can put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Anybody else, just raise it up. I'm not right with God, but I want to be. I want to commit or recommit my life to Christ. Awesome, over here as well. Anybody else? Anybody else? You know God's knocking on the door of your heart, and he's saying, this is for you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see it. I see it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thanks. I see you, sir. Thank you. If you're a Christian, would you just pray right now silently in your heart for people who are giving their lives to Christ right now? Because there's a battle for souls. This is the last time I'm asking, and this may only be for one person or maybe more, but you should have raised your hand. You need to surrender your life to Christ. I give you this chance knowing you may not ever have another one, but today God in his love and his grace, he gives you this moment. Say yes to him today. Say yes to him before I pray if that's you. Last time I'm asking, come on, raise it up and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Come on, would you raise it up? Would you raise it up? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's great. Let's all pray this prayer together. Everybody say it out loud. Come on, say, dear God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Today I've decided to follow Jesus. I ask you to wash my heart and make it white as snow. Fill me with your spirit. From this moment on, I belong to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's thank the Lord right now for saving souls. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, everybody, stand to your feet if you would. Man, what a week. What a day. I just thank God for everybody who just said yes to Jesus. At the close of the service, the pastor's going to give us direction on what your next step would be. The most important step you'll ever take is always your next one. So wherever you are in your journey with Jesus, keep on keeping on. Do you believe this is going to be a week of weeks? Do you believe God's going to do something this week here at Summit Park? It's going to be incredible. Can we all just lift our hands toward heaven if you're comfortable? That worship team is going to lead us. I just want us to press into the presence of the Lord.